Hello. Hello. And welcome. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. We are Sweet Sweet Death. So, lots happened. We haven't seen each other yeah. in a few weeks. It's been a while. Uh, we Club Club Q had happened in yeah. town a few weeks ago. That so was sad. horrible. Yeah. And then that piece of shit is trying to say he's non-binary so i they know don't. i was like what the fuck i think just to say oh no see it wasn't a hate crime i'm one of them yeah when in I'm reality like, if it, yeah i feel like it was like his whole plan just to like just to piss people off more it's like how can i make this oh, even sure. worse like yeah i heard someone say this is a real person i know in life that said i don't know if club q could be categorized as a hate crime it's like what? what who said that i don't even want to say yeah. um but it was like the club queue is very it's kind of out of the way it is an out of the way bar it's not on a main stretch it's like there are other bigger clubs yeah. he could have gone to it's so like it's like so small yeah like it's a tiny little place yeah. it's kind of out of the way it's like one of the few gay bars in town yeah. so it's like you obviously made a very yeah. specific target so that was some nonsense yeah. when I read that. Yeah, I drove by like the morning after too, and all the cops and everything were there because I have my little skate skate group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my friends was like, "Is everyone okay?" Like after last night, because the girl who like runs the skate group and like mm-hmm. springs skaters is literally like lesbian, like married to her wife and shit. So. Mm-hmm. It's like a centric group of people. So goddamn right. <laughs> hey, it's people living their best damn life. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was, like, super sad to see. And uh, what was that? The 19th? And then he just got, I guess there were, like, 305 charges just today Holy that got shit. dropped on him. Yeah, no, good. Yeah. Fucking make it 400. Yeah, uh, I liked when I saw that photo of him and he looked like he got beat the fuck up. It was yeah. Like, good. And then I saw, you know, that, um, oh, I feel so bad I don't have any of that information. Maybe I can get it. But um, the the guy that apprehended him. You know how him and his oh, wife run that bar, and yeah. they run a microbrewery. And, yeah. Um, they did put out a message. It was very sweet, just expressing the love and support and thanks so much. And But we're probably not going to get the merch that you ordered for another two years. Yeah. <laughs> as much as we are so happy that you ordered from us, they were like, "That's it's a lot of demand right now. Yeah. And we were not prepared for this. Yeah, so. that's crazy. So if you ordered, be very patient. <laughs> or just expect that it became a donation. Yeah. Like, like uh, be cool with it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, we donated a bunch of stuff too, like, uh, to, I don't even know. I think they had like, um, like a service or something like that or some kind of meetup. So we mm-hmm. donated like a bunch of like desserts and cakes and shit oh, from cool. work. Nice. So that was nice to mm-hmm. do something, I guess. Right. On a less sad note, my grandma passed away. Oh. (laughs) No, it was, uh, it really sucked. And we saw it coming, but we didn't kind of see it coming. She entered hospice. And I think I just did not understand completely. I knew it was end of life care, but I didn't understand how quickly people decline after they enter hospice. So, I mean, it was, it went from, oh, grandma entered hospice to, oh, grandma, like within a week it wow. seemed like they were like oh she's got like one to five days to live wow. it was like whoa. whoa what so it happened very quickly is she and the then, one you would like write to and stuff yeah so i would try to keep normal correspondence i was not the greatest granddaughter i didn't do it nearly as often as i should have and you know gonna live in regret for a long time oh, with that one but yeah. 
you know, it happens. We live. Yeah. We die. That's how I feel about my aunt. I was like, wish I like spoke to her more. Yeah. Stuff. Oh. Same, dude. Because, yeah, we both went to funerals for our yeah. aunts the same weekend. To, yeah. So, so weird. Yeah. Because, like, that aunt, I, we just never really got to know her. I wish we did. Because then, you know, my grandma passed away. So then my uncle from Portland was down in California. And we got to hang out with him a little bit. And it was like, damn, man. Like, I wish... Lisa was here, like, that we could have gotten to know her as adults, because yeah. we really hadn't seen her very much in between being kids and being adults, so. Yeah, that's how I feel, like, I only really saw her, like, as a kid, and didn't actually, like, you know, yeah. know her, like, have real conversations besides, like. Yeah, that is the downside kids, to, like, so. being far away from family, yeah. is you just miss a lot, but. Yeah. that's how it be yeah um but yeah we went to temecula we did some wine tasting that oh. was fucking awesome and then we were okay <laughs> i wouldn't want well shit up fuck it i'll give it away <laughs> but like because it's kind of personal information but one of my aunts she so like we're at this winery because you can like become a member at certain wineries all in temecula and uh-huh. so she's she was a member at one of them and then she was like, oh, can you pull up something? She was trying to look at a past purchase. And my sister happened to catch, like, everything on there. And she was like, dude, I don't know what length of time this is of how much money she's put into wines. And she was like, I don't know if this is last year. I don't know if this is over the last 10 years, (laughs) five years. I don't know. But it said total amount spent twenty nine thousand dollars on fucking wine dude oh my that's god one winery that she's a member Holy of shit it's like well it's like a car <laughs> dude for real <laughs> i was like oh my god i there are, there have been years i have made less money than that in a yeah, year literally. like <laughs> and like, you oh spent that on <laughs> wine i'm not criticizing either yeah. man get that fucking wine wow live your life that's um crazy. <laughs> yeah so very impressive wow that is crazy I'm she like, was talking about this app she has how it like organizes all of her wines by category oh. and dude she was showing me she was so proud she's like well i've got like over 300 bottles of wine at my house it's like <laughs> holy shit <laughs> She should, like, they must, like, treat her, like, royalty, Oh, right? fuck yeah, they do, man. They know everybody's <laughs> name. Like, they know the owners. Wow. So, good for them. Yeah. I'll never be that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna... It'd be $29. Yeah. No. <laughs> dude. <laughs> and then she bought us a bottle of wine. And wow. I'm not joking, dude. She might have spent about 29 bucks on it. Yeah. So, it's like, cool. Thank you. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy, dude. Other than that, I don't know. Nothing. Just sad, depressing shit's yeah. going on in my life. How about you, Laura? Yeah, same. Oh, I don't fuck. think anything crazy. I'm trying to think if anything. I feel like, obviously, like, you know, something crazy always happens to me, but. Dude. I just block it out at this point. <laughs> no. it all, just all the bad news runs together. Yeah, so. Just been working. Nothing, yeah. like, too crazy. Today, like, the fucking internet went down at work so that was like kind of oh, crazy shit. and then yeah that old lady i work with is just like i unplugged every single cord to my computer and <laughs> and into the walls and then it was just like okay do you know how to put anything yeah. back and i just could not get her computer to turn back on i don't know what the fuck it kept saying something about hdmi cord i couldn't even find an hdmi cord so I was yeah like, uh, but i was fucking with it all day couldn't figure it out i was like on the phone with like um the owner's son because he like runs clover or some shit we couldn't get the register to like connect it was like offline Mm -hmm. 
So finally, um, I was like, I'm just going to call the internet, like, people. Because they were, like, trying to have some person, some IT guy come out, pay him, like, 130 bucks to come fix it. I literally called Xfinity. It was, like, a fucking robot. She's like, what account do you want to fix or something? And then I gave her the number. She's like, we are sending a reset signal uh, to the box. Yeah. Literally sent the signal, and then everything was fixed. Oh, shit. And it was, like, that easy. That was really it? I was like, I should have done this earlier. Then I was right. like, oh, I should get that 130 bucks for... No. Right? I think you should. You're yeah. basically an IT tech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was funny, though. Uh, you know that show? It's like, oh, I don't even remember. Oh, the IT guys, where he's always like, did you try unplugging it? Oh, or the IT crowd. Yeah. When I um called the owner's son, though, that was literally, like, the first thing he said to me. <laughs> and he wasn't joking. <laughs> Like, and uh, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> did, did you really not yeah. try it? Damn it, Laura. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Dude, that is one of my favorite shows. Yeah. I love it so I much. I forgot about it. Yeah. Have you watched the whole thing? No. I only watched, like, I think, like, a few episodes. Maybe, like, really? six or seven episodes. I've only watched a couple seasons, but, like, loved all of it. Yeah, it's it was fucking funny. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that smells good. Oh, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Dude, some people came into work today smelling like weed, a couple customers, and it was like, it lingered for a while, and then I was (laughs) asking one of the other girls, and like, they all know I smoke pot, and they all smoke pot, and I was like, God, do you still smell it? And she was like, no, and I was like, oh, maybe I just want to smell it. (laughs) That's funny. So... That smell gets stuck in your nose. Dude, it Maybe does. it was you. You're like, I, no. Right? <laughs> it was just on my clothes. <laughs> no, I don't smoke at work. Yeah. I can't. I There's no way. Yeah. I don't think I could handle it. Christina at work, she gets so high, dude, and she'll come in like this. And then today she's like, um, I kind of like just blanked out while this lady was giving me her order. I don't oh, really know shit. why. I was like, I know why. Yeah. <laughs> She gets, like, two stone. Like, I think she goes home and takes, like, fucking ten dabs. dabs. Yeah. Shit. No. <laughs> what was that? I was telling someone today, I was like, yeah, I feel like I play in the minor leagues when it comes to weed. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't do the dabs or the wax. I just yeah. got the flower. So. <laughs> I feel like well, it's better that way. I became, like, I feel, like, immune to fucking weed. So I was, like, dabbing so much. So oh, I was just yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, everybody I know dabs. And it's, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I don't know. Flower just still kind of does it for me. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I think it's nicer, too. Like, you get to, instead of, like, I don't know, taking one dab and getting, like, stoned, you can, like, smoke a whole joint. Get, yeah. Like, it, uh, yeah. Dude, it took me, this is the second day I've been working on this joint. Yeah. And it took me forever, so. It's nice. I miss smoking blunts. So that was my shit. I thought you had your CBD cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking, like, what if I just take, like, one little hit or something? Then I get, like, worried. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. No. <laughs> I feel like I'll get. Like, what about, like, just a 50-50? Do they do 50-50 blends? I of... think they do. I mean, we have, like, weed in our garage that's been in there for, like, I don't fucking know, like, months. Okay. <laughs> and I think, about, what if I just rolled, like, half CBD, half this, just, like, a yeah. little before bed? Like then it. I'm like, what if I, like, disassociate and have a panic attack? Just from having well, don't do that. One hit of weed. Oh God! Just make sure yeah. you're in a safe place. Yeah, and that family is home. If I'm really tired, I'd probably just fall asleep. Yeah, but I feel like I would sleep really nicely. I bet you would. My favorite combo is 
sleeping pills with <laughs> edible strong edible can't go wrong man uh, you will enter a coma yeah a legal coma <laughs> legal oh <laughs> uh, that girl i work with weird over my sister's sister-in-law mm-hmm. she's like so crazy and she's like got to the point where it's like she always lies has like some excuse like i need to leave work because there's an emergency with my daughter's paperwork and what? something like just like crazy stuff and like it's just like one of those things where it's like you can't tell her like you're, you're lying. lying yeah <laughs> but the other day she was like i need to leave work i'm throwing up blood or something what like that. the fuck and we were like okay and I literally was like, what, "Like, do you think she's telling the truth?" Michelle's like, "No." No. But then I got throwing up blood. You yeah. I was like, run okay. to the hospital. Yeah. You call an ambulance and say, "I'm dying." Yeah. But um, she's like mega alcoholic, you know. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. I got home, told my sister that she's like, she's such a fucking liar. And then literally, like, I don't know, a few hours later, like, uh, Jared's brother calls and was like, "Yeah, Bree's in the hospital right now. Oh, like, shit. She's like throwing up blood." I was oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like felt bad for talking all that shit about her. But I was like, you know what? She's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, yeah. something really does happen. It's like, and she's like, it's just acid reflux. But Josh said uh, that it's actually like they needed to do like some kind of fucking GI thing or whatever. Probably if it's alcohol, like yeah, it's stripped everything. Yeah, down. but yeah. So, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I do hate that. Remember when we would deal with bad customers and they'd leave and we'd be like, I bet they're a fucking pedophile. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'd go crazy. And then we'd backpedal real quick. We'd always be like, you know, maybe they're a really nice Yeah. Guy. <laughs> uh, good times. Oh, that lady. That reminds me of that caring lady. I don't know if you remember her. I do. Um, It was so funny. Like, she's like, is in love with me now. She's like, I want you to do all of my cakes Uh-oh. and stuff just because she like misses and like all that you know but i walked in the other day and she's like hi honey she was like just standing at the register i got in for my lunch and she like touched my face like oh my god like and her hand was like oh like (laughs) it's so weird and i was just like Uh, i didn't even know how to like process it yeah fucking bubble (laughs) but yeah she's funny she i don't know like who the fuck she's ordering cakes from but she orders like i feel like a cake every week i'm like how do you know this many people and Oh no! I yeah. hope she's not really lonely. This will turn I sad know. really fast. I, f- I feel bad for her because I feel like she is. she's like, oh hi, honey, that like, gives me a hug every oh, time she's I in there. I hope she has so many friends. Yeah, I feel bad. She wanted she ordered this cake and like wanted three candles on it. It was like a cake with a picture of like a stick figure with a cake, and on the stick figure cake, she wanted three candles. Oh, and when she picked it up, she was like, oh, it only has two candles, but that's fine. You know, I'll let it slide. And then I was like, oh, I could put a candle in there really quick. It was literally just like a stick figure drawing, you know? I was like, I can put a candle in there real quick. She's like, it's fine. I just, she's turning 13, so I thought it would make more sense to have three candles on there. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I don't know. (laughs) It's like weird, but I was like, okay, like whatever. But yeah, I felt bad for her. She's like so sweet. And she's like, oh, let it slide. (laughs) Poor sweet lady. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, there was one more thing. Um, at work, like, the back door, like, kept getting, like, I don't know, it was, like, fucked up. We fixed it now, but it was, like, almost, like, where it was, like, staying open or wasn't locking or something. And I guess, like, Bob came in one day 
And there was like a hobo sleeping on like the break room couch with like oh, his shit. fucking pizza, just like chilling, oh, like what? stayed the night. Yeah, they like he like didn't steal anything or anything. And when Bob went in there, he's like, "Don't Aww. shoot, don't shoot!" Like this and he was just like cold. I know. I was like, oh, like, was it the same guy that had his little mittens, his little sock mittens? Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot about that guy. But no. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen him since? No, oh I don't my think god. so. He's I forgot about that. No. <laughs> Weird people always come in though. Weird people find you, though. Yeah. This weird guy came in, and he, he was at Nemo's Cafe, and I saw him during lunch. And he was, like, sitting in this chair, and he's, like, six foot five or something. And he was, like, looked like a little creepy alien. Yeah. He was just, like, <laughs> staring me down, dude. So then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, an hour after my lunch, he comes into the shop. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he followed me. Or whatever. And then he's like, I'm a YouTuber. Like, literally just starts going off about his, like, YouTube channel and, like, all this stuff. And can I make videos? He's like, here, let me record you right now. Come in front of the store. Oh, my God. And I was like, uh, I have to work. And then, like, um, Christine came out. And then, like, literally this dude, like, is making her, like, make all these fucking YouTube videos in the front what of the, the store fuck? and the stuff. And, like, yeah, it was fucking hilarious. I was literally, like, Did you try to counter with, I'm a podcaster? No. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> you should have. Be like, give me a shout out. No. That's right. <laughs> you give me a shout out, I'll give you a shout out. Oh my god, I'd rather die. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I'd be like, Laura, don't ever do that again. No, it was like really weird. He was like, he's not that, he's not like a big YouTuber. No. His, he's like, well, probably couldn't be any bigger than us, at least. You know, like, I mean, I, mean, I think he's more famous than us. But. I, how dare you? <laughs> we are known in at least four countries. <laughs> Canada and the U.S. are two of them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we did get some random. Sorry, I, again, we'll cut some of those out. Yeah. But like, we're we got like a couple Ireland listeners. Did I tell you that? Oh, that's cool. Just like two listens. That's funny. So that was enough for them. That's cool. <laughs> and then like, did I tell you about South Africa? We got two South African listeners. Just fucking randomly. That's funny. We've like bumped huh. up a couple UK listens. It's like, right. oh, that's fucking cool. And then India. We oh. have nine listens in India. Wow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> we've made it big, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's rad. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm impressed. Wow. Yeah. It's getting out there. All right. Wow. Slowly but surely. Another year, we'll have four listens in right. Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> One listen out of, like, the Dominican <laughs> Republic or something. Like, just super random. <laughs> so. All right. All right, we yeah. should probably get going. Are you going first? I don't fucking know. Or, do you have water upstairs? I do. I Let's feel pause so it. I yes. Pause. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So we are covering. We're jumping into Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> jumping into Indiana. Um. So I kind of went a little weird route, but I don't regret it. All right. So I'm doing the Marion lynching. In Indiana in 1930, that eventually led to Billie Holiday, oh. her mega hit, um, Strange Fruit. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hold on, I gotta double check that I'm still recording. Yes, okay, we're good. Okay. Uh, all right. 
In the 1930s, thousands of photos of a lynching from Marion, Indiana, had been sold and circulated through the country. Abel Mirpool, a white Jewish school teacher from the Bronx, was so disturbed by the image that he wrote an activist poem um, about it. The photograph, taken by Lawrence Beitler, showed the bodies of two bloodied black teenagers hanging from a tree with grinning as well as baffled spectators and a Hitler type pointing to the boys. I don't know if you can like picture that. There's like this weird, creepy, wiry dude like looking straight at the camera and he's like pointing to the boys behind him and they're hanging in the tree. Ew. It's horrible. Like I can under, yeah, it's so fucked up. Um, so anyway, okay, uh, before it became Billie Holiday's most recognizable song known as Strange Fruit, Abel Mirapol's poem was published in a New York Teachers Union magazine in 1937. So before the ink was put to paper, there had to be a tragedy first. One hot summer August night in 1930, uh, three black teenagers were out for a ride. James Cameron, 16, Abram Smith, 19, and Thomas Ship, 18. James and Abram worked together as shoeshine boys, and Ship worked at a foundry. The three were out wandering around one evening in Smith, and Ship informed Cameron that they were planning on robbing someone that night. Cameron didn't object and went along with his two friends. Um, so that same evening, Claude Dieter, 23, and his girlfriend, Mary Ball, 19, had parked their car at Lover's Lane for some smoochy smooch time. Claude was having a little bit of a rough day. He had just been laid off earlier that afternoon and wanted to take his girlfriend out. But when the three boys came across their vehicle, they chose the two unsuspecting lovebirds as their target. So there were some early news articles around the time this happened that really embellished the story. They claimed that the couple the couple was driven off the road, um, that the boys were, like, chasing them and, yeah, just, like, forced them off. But they were parked. They were just getting ready to make out. Um the boys crept to the car. Once they were close enough, Cameron recognized Dieter as a regular customer and no longer wanted to partake in the robbery. Cameron left Smith and Ship to perform the robbery on their own. We'll never know completely what happened, but after walking several blocks, Cameron heard several gunshots. Ship and Smith fled, leaving Mary to scream until help from a nearby farmer arrived. Um, they were able to get Dieter to the hospital, but by the next day he had passed away from his injuries, and Mary Ball claimed that she had been raped during the robbery as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the three boys had been caught within hours of the robbery, but by the morning, news had spread about the murder. And it, they didn't specify where, but they did say that the police um, hung up Dieter's bloody shirt from the shooting at the at the station. Like, it's some kind of the flag. Yeah. yeah. So, like, be angry about this. Um, which, I mean, they should be, but, you yeah, know, so it's, it's a bad move. Weird. Yeah. Um, so, basically, it just fueled... The fires, of course, of the growing mob mm. outside demanding justice. Um, news was spreading so quickly that on the same day Dieter died, people from other towns and cities were pouring in by way of train and personal vehicles and wagons to either participate in or witness the violence. It's estimated that anywhere from ten to 15,000 people showed up. So, I mean, can you imagine within an afternoon, 10,000 people, people yeah. just arriving in your town yeah, in one crazy. spot? Um so the crowds demanded the release of the boys and the police refused. So I know I read somewhere, but I couldn't find the article I originally saw it in. Um, but the mob had slashed and flattened all the police vehicles tires, um, to make sure that the cops couldn't transport the boys anywhere. Um, but that had happened several hours before the mob broke into the jail and that the officer, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I like lost my place. That was fine. Sorry. Let me try this again. Okay. So basically, uh, they slashed the tires, but that had been several hours before the mob broke into the jail. So 
they could have called for backup or for help and they didn't they chose not to um so the crowd broke into the jail eventually using sledgehammers and crowbars the mob located the three and they beat them savagely they tortured and hanged thomas chip from his jailhouse window they tried to do the same to abram smith but he was able to try and free himself from the noose so his hands were still working the mob lowered him back down, broke both of his arms so he couldn't fight back anymore, and then they dragged him through the courthouse square, stabbed him, and then hanged him from the tree. Um, but it is thought that the, by the time Smith had uh, was hanged, he had already been dead from his injuries. The mob took Smith down from his window um, and hanged him next to Smith. Miraculously, 16-year-old James Cameron narrowly avoided being hanged himself. He had been beaten as well, and the crowd had even placed a noose around his neck. But an unidentified woman stepped forward and declared the boy innocent, and a man helped Cameron remove the rope from his neck. I'm sorry, from his neck. Um, Some reports say that it was actually the police that stepped in to free him, but the information is so mixed up, it's kind of hard to say. Um, Cameron did end up being charged with Dieter's death and served four years in prison in 1991 he petitioned for a pardon and in 1993 he got it Hmm. so he was not charged for the rape of mary ball since she recanted the claim after the lynching took place oh sounds similar to that one story i did of uh, i don't know if you remember i i do kind of remember it it's it's crazy like they all kind of yeah where it's like these big fucking crowds and yeah Mm -hmm. just anyway sorry yeah oh no it's cool Um, So the photographer, Lawrence Beitler, took what might be arguably the most infamous and iconic lynching photo of United in the United States history. Uh, The photo truly captures the darkness of the lynching and Beitler turned a profit with it. The photo that speaks a thousand words was taken only to sell. Uh, of which he sold thousands because lynching souvenirs were like a hot commodity back then. Cause I remember you talking about it too. Yeah. Like, but like parts of his body and shit. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Uh, so they didn't do that. Thankfully, I guess, yeah. um, for what that's worth, but they did like articles of clothing and pieces of the rope and stuff like selling it. It's Ugh. so fucking bizarre. Yeah. Um, imagine, like the person's like great grandpa or some shit who has that still like in their house. Oh, yeah. I hope not. Yeah. But you never know. People yeah. keep weird shit. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Oh, yeah. There it is. So, small squares of the boys' clothing was sold. Um, when the family got the bodies back, I think it was ship that the family, for a while, had the body at an unmarked grave to avoid grave robbers from f- further mutilating him and um, taking more items off of his person. So, But with the mass distribution of the photo, Abel Mirpool was gobsmacked by what he saw. A friend later recalled how disturbed Abel was by the callous casualness Americans had with racism. Mirpool himself um, said that the photograph had haunted him for days, which led him to write a poem called Bitter Fruit. Uh, which was later in a teacher's publication. If you are unfamiliar, I'll just say it really quickly. Um, Southern trees bear strange fruit, blood on the leaves, blood at the root, black bodies swinging in the summer breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees, pastoral scene of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, the scent of magnolia sweet and fresh, then the sudden smell of burning flesh. Here's a fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the winds to suck, for the sun to rot, for the tree to drop. Here's a strange and bitter crop. So obviously a very like strong fucking poem um, says a lot. And he wrote the poem under his pen name, Lewis Allen, 
which were the names of his two stillborn children. Mm -hmm. Um, He and his wife later adopted two children, Robert and Michael Rosenberg. So, sorry, it takes, like, so many weird little turns. But Michael, so Michael and his brother Robert, they were the children of um, the Rosenbergs. Uh, who were executed for conspiracy to commit espionage, I think. Uh, They were the first U.S. citizens to be convicted and executed for espionage during peacetime. So, like, they were definitely a famous couple. Um, I was even trying to look up some articles about them, and they were like, yeah, okay, the Rosenbergs were found guilty, but, like, of what? Because they were found selling or or giving information to the Russians about um, our weapons. And... But, like, at the time, Russia was our ally. So it's not... I mean, they shouldn't have done it, obviously. But, like, it is kind of crazy that they were executed for it because Russia was allies with us at the time. And, yeah, so it's... Sorry. It really kind of took me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Um, The two boys said for months following their parents' execution that they felt uncertainty about the future, almost like no one wanted to be associated with them because of their name. They were orphaned um, at the height of McCarthyism and their parents had known were known communists. Um, when the boys were adopted by the Mirapoles, it's remarkable to see that Abel and his wife were able to make a loving family out of a national tragedy and scandal. But that's just who the Mirapoles were. Um, soon, Abel turned the poem into a song and sang it at protest rallies. It was difficult to decipher how Holiday was introduced to the song, whether it be by happening upon Abel performing it, hearing it, or being shown the lyrics by a manager. Um, in any case, she made it her own. Holiday didn't necessarily want to perform the song, but was compelled to do so. Uh, Holiday was extremely nervous to politicize her music and in no way wanted to be targeted. She hesitantly included it into her set and found the response to be more positive than anticipated. Um, so there were some integrated clubs in New York, and I think that was some of the first places um, she played it or sang it. Um, so soon she was closing out every performance with the song. It got to the point where each night she would perform the song only once and without an encore, after which the lights would go out. Some would give a standing ovation. Others would scoff and walk out. She had hoped to record it with her label at Columbia, but they refused for fear of a controversial black, uh, backlash. Um, Holiday instead recorded with an independent jazz label, Commodore Records. Um... Even with the strong resistance from radio stations, especially those in the South who refused to play it, Strange Fruit eventually sold one million copies, making it the best-selling record of Holiday's career. But this is where uh, an agent named Anslinger enters, who was running the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. Uh, this shit stain of a human being really, really, really did not like Billie Holiday. He did not like black people. Um, he believed that jazz, this is all real shit that I, I read. Um, he believed that jazz resurrected the primitive impulses that lurked in black people in his own internal memoir, um, memos, sorry. Uh, he would state things like it sounded like the jungles in the dead of night and that, Uh, unbelievably ancient independent rights of the East Indies are resurrected in black music and that he said the music reeked of filth. So he had some thoughts. Yeah. Um, Like most Americans in the 1940s, he was terrified of the marijuana. Um, I'm going to assume that he salivated over the idea of locking up black musicians. Oh, and it was spelt marijuana with an H, which is just so quaint, you know? Um, I know, right? I did. I was saying that loud. I was like, marijuana. Um, so 
He wrote to all of his agents, please prepare all cases in your jurisdiction involving musicians in violation of the marijuana laws. We will have a great national roundup arrest of such persons in a single day. I will let you know what day. And he always gave his men the same advice on drug raid days. Shoot first. Um, He would give reassurance to congressmen that his crackdown would not include the good musicians, but the jazz type. Um, So black people. He was really targeting black musicians. He grossly underestimated the solidarity of the musicians uh, that they had with each other because apparently he could not get anyone to turn on anyone else. Like they fucking refused to. Um, So his only other alternative was to target a single high profile musician. So he put everything he had into bringing down Billie Holiday. He ordered Holiday to stop singing the song, and when she refused, he made it his personal goal to destroy her life and career. In contrast, Ang- Anslinger, I think, um, had gotten similar memos that Judy Garland and her insane coke-fueled chaos, but his only response was for her to take more vacations. So, you know, he... Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've maybe smoked too. No. <laughs> All right. I can do this. So he hired Jimmy Fletcher, a black undercover agent meant to uh, meant to bust her for using heroin, of which she did end up eventually achieving. Oddly enough, the two almost had a little romance there. Um, Jimmy hated drug addicts, and he did try to convince uh, Billie Holiday to quit before making the arrest. So when Holiday was finally taken into custody for heroin use, she was sentenced to one year in prison. Um, Anslinger's personal goal was to eradicate all drugs everywhere. It didn't work. He had even previously been part of the Department of Prohibition, which, of course, by 1937 was no more. He was also known in inner circles as well as outer ones for being a terrible racist, even for the 20s and the 30s. According to Johan Hari, a drug expert, he used the N-word so often in official memos that his own senators said he needed to resign. Um, so Billie Holiday, a woman of color sharing a political slash activist song in the 1930s was shocking. Um, after her release from Alderson Federal Prison, her license to perform at cabarets was revoked. She was um, out of prison for about a year bef- when Anslinger sent another agent out to fuck with her some more. So he sent Colonel George White, who was known for infiltrating Chinese gangs, even learning Mandarin while undercover. He busted Holiday at the Mark Twain Hotel in San Francisco. According to most historians, it's thought that the agent planted drugs in her room just because she had been clean for that for that time out of prison. Um, Holiday had done a pretty good job staying clean, but after that first arrest, uh, she kind of went down pretty bad. Her career never quite got back to where it had once been. uh, Sorry, but she continued to perform Strange Fruit, despite the fact that it had led to a major drop in her career. In 1959, she collapsed on stage and was sent to the hospital. She was clearly suffering from heroin withdrawal and very sick. So who should show up but Anslinger and his men to arrest Holiday while laying helplessly in her hospital bed? She was on methadone to help uh, with the withdrawal, but after 10 days, Anslinger, who is not a doctor ordered she be cut from the treatment and on July 17th 1959 Billie Holiday died Hmm. so you have the legacy of Billie Holiday is that of a strong independent woman who gave the bigoted authorities of her time two prominent middle fingers and then you have Anslinger who will forever be known as a maggot festering pile of shit 
1999, Time Magazine named Strange Fruit as Song of the Century, and it was included in the National Recording Registry of January 27, 2003. Holiday was also posthumously uh, awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1987 and inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2000. Um, no one was ever charged for Abram and Smith and Thomas Ship's murders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sources, LA Times, an article by Randall Roberts, Politico.com, an article by Johan Hari, Esquire, Ga- uh, Gabrielle Bruni, Biography.com article by Udi Peck, PBS article, American Master Series, Liz Fields, exhibits.stanford.edu, Say Their Names page, There Was No Author, IndieStar.com, an article by Don Mitchell and Maureen Gilmer, uh, New York Times, Brian Pietch, it's a really hard name, P-I-E-T-S-C-H, ABHmuseum.org by Fran Kaplan, I think, Perspectives.ushmm.org, no author, NPR article by Elizabeth Blair, and another NPR, um, oh, not an article, it was like a little radio thing, by the, on the Radio Diaries series. good it's so weird because the other day like randomly like not even like i think it was the day before yesterday i was just like googling like about strange fruit and stuff because i thought you were i forgot you were doing the story on it and Mm -hmm. everything and i was just like reading about it but yeah i was reading about the stuff too where she like would play the show and like no encore and they would like shine like a light like directly on her face while she played like in the dark and then the lights would go black and stuff i was like wow like yeah that song is just like so haunting even when you listen to it like i love her voice oh yeah She's got a good, she's got a great fucking voice. But yeah, yeah, someone was asking me who, like, Billie Holiday is. They're like, I have no idea who that is. I was like, Strange Fruit. Like, like hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah um, I, I, did you ever see that Hulu movie? Like, no, I want to watch uh, it. Is it. Like, The State versus Billie Holiday yeah. or The United States versus Holiday? I don't remember, but yeah. it was really good. Yeah, I need to watch it. You, I think you should. I think you'd love it. I love her. Because, like, I didn't get too much into Billie Holiday, but she had such a hard life, man. Like, growing up, and she was, like, was always domestic abuse in her relationships. Oh, and yeah. it's like, oh, it was so hard to read. For her, yeah. Yeah, and she's a very traumatic childhood. Yeah, I love her. I also love, like, Ella Fitzgerald and... yeah. Nina Simone, she had a fucked up. I have to admit something. What? It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I learned that Ella Fitzgerald was black. <gasps> really? I had no That's fucking funny. idea. <laughs> and then, like, was it, I had to admit to someone, too, that I didn't realize up until the movie The Theory of Everything came out, I thought Stephen Hawking was American. Oh. No fucking clue. He oh, yeah, was British. He, yeah, he's like British or whatever. Yep, super British. But it's because he's always like a robot or something. I know. Okay, that. <laughs> but I feel like I should have known that, right? Yeah, like yeah. this very smart man is not yeah. American. Didn't he like cheat on his wife a lot or something? He or... did. I don't know how he I did it. Know. He yeah. was a little horn dog. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Yeah. So well, good for him. Did you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you did pretty well. No, oh shit! No, you can give me critique. I started to phase out, like, cause I, if I do, I smoke too much, and then I just start reading, and it's like I don't know what the no. fuck I'm talking about right now. No. Did it all make sure. sense? Yeah, at least? it made perfect sense. Oh, thank God. I was just thinking the whole time, like, um, how am I gonna follow this? Cause I feel oh. like my story's so boring. But no also- way! You always say that, and it's always interesting. <laughs> 
Okay. Here we go. So, today I'm going to be talking about the mysterious death of Garnet Gin. <laughs> Gargamel. I keep wanting... It's like a tongue twister. Um, yeah, it's been cold for 72 years. Uh, in 1950, Garnet was 33 years old, and she's an economics teacher at Portland High School. I guess there's a Portland, Indiana, oh. so not Oregon. Uh, her dad also happened to be a principal, but at a different high school called Mount Summit. So teaching ran in the family, I guess. Um, she was well-liked and loved by many, and she was doing well at the time. Like, she didn't have any problems or anything like that. Just, like, typical um, lady. Uh, she had just bought a brand-new Pontiac, and she lived on her own, and she was completing her master's degree. Um, so the night before her death, she had attended a, okay, I'm going to try to say this, a Psy Iota Zai sorority party at the Portland Community Club, Whoa. which is now a, um, golf course there in Indiana. And I think, like, the sorority meeting was something about, like, the town and they just talk about different shit. It's not, like, actually, I think, like, anything to do with the college. I don't fucking know. Anyways, um, it was near the south end of town and it was just under three miles from her house where she lived alone. She was in good spirits at the party and apparently she had $40 on her, which I looked up how much this was in the 50s. And it was, like, equivalent to $494. Whoa. So, yeah, she was pretty loaded, um, just walking around this party. Uh, she was offering to buy everyone's drinks. And I had read this in one article, and then in another article, it said that it was just, like, sodas. So she was just, like, offering to buy everyone a soda, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, um, and she had even offered, like, at this event to um, host the next gathering, which was going to be on March 20th. So, obviously, she had, like, plans for the future. Um, after the meeting, she dropped off a friend at her home on 420 East High Street. Yeah, that's a real address. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, soon after, a witness saw her pull into her garage. She lived on 318 North Harrison Street. And this was at about, I guess, like 10 p.m. or something like that. And she lived just half a block away from the police station, too, crazy enough. Um, so the same night, her neighbor, Mildred Smith, would report hearing screams, but then claimed she thought it was just a cat or something like that, because you know how cats scream or whatever in the night. Uh, so she looked outside. It was, like, typical, like, kind of, like, nosy neighbor, like, where you hear something, you look outside. Like, she sees shadows in um, her garage, which I guess the garage was, like, an attached or not attached part of her apartment, kind of, like, a little separate building thing next to it. She could see from wherever she was in her apartment or house or whatever, um, like, shadows or whatever. I don't know. Um, and so, uh, as described in a podcast I listened to, called the horrific tr or gruesome horrific true crime or something like that they did like the same story and it was actually like, pretty good i got like a lot of my details from there but um the next morning tuesday february 28th 1950 garnet didn't show up for her classes and her co-workers felt super concerned for her because it was like unlike her not to show up um the superintendent of the school left to go check on her at her home around 11 a.m and when he arrived, no one was home, so he took a peek in the garage. And then at this same time, that same, like, nosy neighbor came out, the one who heard the screams the night before. And then they both kind of were, like, looking around at the same time. 
Uh, they walk into her garage, and this is when the superintendent sees her car and notices that the passenger side door was open. So I think, like, her car was in the garage and it was up against, like, this right wall or whatever. So he can, like, see her doors open, but it's really close to the wall. So he um, walks and, like, looks under the car and he sees legs sticking out from the door, the passenger door. So he walks around and he finds her wedged into a 14-inch space oh. next to her car. She was perched on her left knee and suspended upright by a sewing machine belt. What? Yeah. Um, one end was tied to the car door handle and the other was looped around her neck. Um, her wallet was gone as well as her driver's license and the wall support on her right, it was like a beam or something like that, was broken. Um, based on reports from around this time, the crime scene was not handled carefully, like obviously as always in I feel like the 50s and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was um, basically just like, I guess like free reign, like people literally from the town like heard about it and were just like walking in, like looking around, like while the police are there, just like. <laughs> what the and why were what were these police doing i don't know i guess so i guess they thought it was a suicide because she was like hanging from her neck right um sorry i lost my spot yes so it wasn't investigated originally as murder but as suicide so that's why people were just like walking in and out um and it was also really weird the way this case was handled because her body instead of being like sent to a medical examiner first was literally just sent right to the funeral home um, then she was buried, then they exhumed her body, and then they did an autopsy. Oh my god. Yeah. Way too many steps in the <laughs> middle there. Yeah. So, um, because she was sent to the funeral home first, uh, her death obviously was ruled a suicide, and then, uh, um, apparently when her body had been delivered to the funeral home, the county coroner, Donald Spar, called and asked that, like, nothing be done to her body, that he wanted to, like, look at it, do his examination or whatever, but I don't know what happened. Somehow... They just didn't listen to him. I don't fucking know. And she ended up, like, just being buried. I don't know. Anyways, um, her parents, Gail and William, did not believe it was suicide. Her dad was, like, especially involved and had even notified news outlets and reported the following day that his daughter had been murdered and that it was not suicide. Um, what's even weirder, though, is that her de death certificate um, from, like, this original whoever did the exam at the funeral home or if there was an exam i'm not really sure it was really confusing mm -hmm. said that she was strangled but then they ruled it as suicide so i don't oh. know but um yeah so because of this a reporter came and she inspected the garage and in the garage she found a large footprint in the gravel and she said it was so deep that it looked as if like someone lost their balance or like really just pushed their way like way deep like in this gravel like you could clearly tell it was like from a foot or something like that um she brought it up to police and they just like laughed it off like oh like you dumb woman like you don't know what you're talking about um so her parents had also told the police that they noticed like a muddy handprint on the wheel flare um blood around her car and they told the police, like, hey, we don't think she killed herself. Like, there's all this weird evidence. And they were just, like, ignoring her or, or ignoring them. And then they requested the coroner re-examine her body. But he declined. So um, after the funeral, her parents went to the Indiana State Police. And they asked them to re-examine the crime scene and the body. So this is when they exhumed her and transported her to the coroner's office where she was examined again. Um... So in this examination, which happened April 12th, which was nearly two months after her death, the coroner declared it a murder. Um, 
after he found that she was brutally beaten before being staged with the sewing belt on the side of her car, um, the ISP, which is Indiana State Police, uh, found 11 splatters of blood on her white gloves, rips in the sleeves of her fur coat, um, and her blouse. Uh, they believed that a fight had been instigated by someone pulling on her arms. I guess it looked like her like sleeves had been ripped off or something. Um, at the second autopsy, it was also found that she had been beaten or hit in the head seven times with a club or some, some type of weapon with a sharp edge. Uh, she had a blow to her left ear, and they found strangula strangulation marks on her neck left by hands. So it was like a manual strangulation. Um, she had a broken hyoid, which is you know, the bone in your neck, if people don't know. Um, bruising and cut on her left knee, which was the knee that she was found leaning on. And she even had, like, little pine cones embedded in her fur coat that had also been on the floor of the garage. Mm. Which, obviously, she was, like, beaten the fuck out of. So yeah. I'm, like, confused how they just ruled this a suicide when they found her. Like, these police were so incompetent. Yeah, I mean, way incompetent. Yeah. To, like, be able to ignore all that Yeah, like, stuff? it looks like she was, like, drug the fuck around, beat up, and then staged. And they were just like, oh, yeah, it was fucking suicide. So... Oof. Yeah, totally crazy. Um, it's like halfway to the body in the first season of True Detective when it's like that girl with the antlers on her. And oh, she's yeah. She's like tied up. And it's like, <laughs> they'd have probably ruled that a suicide yeah, somehow. Literally. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of evidence of murder that was obviously looked over by the police and the funeral home two months ago. Um, apparently, her dad had also claimed that she didn't even own a sewing machine. So there was no way that the belt could have been from inside her house. But also, I mean, she was like an economics teacher. So it's like uh, right. maybe maybe it was like from school or something. Who knows? Um, so sh shortly after her body was exhumed and they began the investigation into her death again, um, they started receiving weird phone calls from someone basically saying to like lay off the case. And specifically, the first call came into a reporter, that reporter who had found the footprints in the gravel um, near her car. And these phone calls continued through the early 2000s, which this happened in the what? 50s. Yeah, super weird. Um, and the caller was always male. Uh, various reporters also stated that they received phone calls like this as well. And, yeah, they never found out who it was. And then the case went cold for years. Uh, there's many people who believe that Garnet was having an affair with um, a married optometrist in town. And when the Portland Police Department took a second look into the case in 2018, a witness came forward and said that Garnet had filed a report with the police shortly before her death and that the optometrist had been stalking her. A witness also said the optometrist moved away um, from town shortly after the death. The police believe that the optometrist was the guilty party, but all the evidence, including the sewing belt, her clothes, and any DNA from the... Um, the crime scene was, like, thrown away or missing. So, yeah. Uh, they held a community meeting in 2019 at the Historical Society to discuss their findings, present new witness statements, include, and concluded with naming the optometrist as the most likely suspect. Um, so in January of 2019, detectives have reopened her case where they went to investigate the garage where Garnet's um, Pontiac had been. And in the garage, uh, there's, like, a loft where they believe whoever attacked her was like hiding that night um which i was thinking if there was a loft and that lady said there was like you know that really deep 
gravel footprint like maybe someone jumped from there or something and that's oh, how yeah. the deep footprint but i don't know i didn't read anything else about it so i was like is it just me that thinks this i don't know um so yeah obviously they think it was the optometrist especially because they were having an affair they think things didn't go well or something happened and the fact that he moved away just like a month after she was murdered like i feel like it's pretty sus mm-hmm. but yeah unfortunately um because all of the evidence that they did collect at the time was lost there's no way they can like ever test or anything so it's basically just like waiting for someone to come forward and confess something or say they saw something or even the murderer like confess to what they did so yeah her case will probably remain cold i don't know it's been almost like hundred years now, I mean, I guess, like, That's so. That's frustrating to know yeah. if they had just taken it seriously. Yeah, and I think it's weird how, like, all these old cases, like, where the fuck does all this evidence go? They just, like, throw it yeah, away or I, something? I bet or... they do get rid of this junk in yeah. here. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Well, it is sad, but, yeah, so. Always sad. That's the unsolved murder of Garnet again. <laughs> <laughs> afraid to gone again oh yeah Um, (laughs) oh yeah my sources um so i read this article on it was like wthr written by rich van week um a cdn night lab timeline a reddit post by this person named heidster um a blog post by a woman named janice thornton she does like weird little murders i guess she like drives around the country in like different places um and then that podcast obviously that i mentioned it's like i don't know like an hour and a half long but it was that weird gruesome horrific whatever yeah podcast. i already said it once so yeah <laughs> but yeah those are my sources <laughs> all right nice man dude that was good hey, I, okay <laughs> uh, that's fucking bonkers i'm just trying to picture her hung up did they take pictures do you no, know but that's what oh. i was trying to picture too it's so weird it's like she's like on her knee like yeah attached to her door handle yeah i don't know it's really fucking weird all he had to do was their fucking job i know right he couldn't do it <laughs> i think it's crazy yeah <gasps> did anyone ever look into the cops that oh right right I know. oh it, suicide yeah that guy did it that's what i think and then they're like calling to all these weird phone calls probably someone in the department like yeah hide the evidence no right dude i'm just saying it's weird especially an optometrist probably like rich have a lot of money pay off the police department who knows that is definitely possible yeah she looked like a nice little lady too yeah (laughs) did you see that i think it might have been a 2020 where that dude he murdered his wife but then he like he was partying it up like okay he was a plastic surgeon i guess oh really and then they ended up him and his like new wife ended up moving she didn't know anything about like you know the murder or anything obviously or maybe girlfriend whatever they moved to this really small town and he's the plastic surgeon there and he's like kind of this local legend because his kid got attacked by a tiger like a pet the what? tiger thing it's so random but like he fixed his son's face like really well and um the so the town just like was enamored with him yeah. and then they were hearing about this murder in new york like no way that can't be and yeah it he did it wow so that's crazy i love what one of like an ex-girlfriend said she was like you know the thing about joe is 
He's the only guy that could make an Armani suit look sloppy. Like, what? Damn. Like, I guess people notice, like, he was just kind of a slob. Like, he was always, like, half Ew. put together. I feel like I can picture him perfectly. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, he looks a little bit like a, like Tony Hale. Do you know who that is? He does the voice of Forky. I'm going to look it up. He's kind of a, he's a dorky looking guy. He was in um, Arrested yeah. Development. I don't know. If, oh, okay. He kind of looks like that guy. Yeah. Just a bit. I don't know why I was picturing. Um, I don't know who I was picturing. <laughs> I'll have to find him. Okay. <laughs> Get back to us. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's nuts, man. I'm so sad that uh, all they had to do was fucking take it seriously. Yeah. Even if they never solved it, I mean, fuck, at least you tried. Yeah. Like, you can say that you yeah. tried. Like, she was, like, in the ground for two months before they even, <sighs> like, examined her body properly. Like Depressing. Yeah. Did you ever get a crack into that book that I gave you? The yeah. cold case one? Yeah, I was actually reading about the, um, that one white girl who went missing on her, like, uh, um, like, trip in wherever the fuck it was like mexico or some shit did you ever hear about uh-uh. that it's like the typical like it's like um i think it was called like the missing white girl um it's like that thing where it's uh-huh. like because it's like a white girl who's oh, like really right. pretty yeah, and like yeah, all yeah. that it's like a lot of shit. it was like talking about that yeah it's actually super interesting and then okay. i think they have the black dolly on there too and like some other little stories nice. i was reading yeah okay it's Sweet. good yeah i was reading it yay yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, this is not important. But, like, okay, so I finished a book in the airport, like, on Uh the plane, too, going to my parents' house. And then I started reading another one. But it's the second book. I will highly recommend these books because it's, like, a whole set. He's got, like, 15 of them. Mm -hmm. But um, the first book is called Sandman Slim. It's about this guy that breaks out of hell to, like, go kill all the people that wronged him. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty fucking cool, dude. It's, like, a really easy read. It's so funny. It's, like not really all that serious yeah which is great okay yeah so a lot of fun dude (laughs) um but yeah he's got like a there's a ton of them in this series and i just started that second one a few nights ago and i really like it a lot i have a feeling i'll I'll like i'll probably end up reading at least five or six oh yeah dang they have a lot of them there's a a, i don't know what just made me think well i do know what but for some reason like today when i was driving i was imagining like oh if i got pulled over and the police officer asks me where I'm going. I'm just going to say straight to hell or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I hope that you do say uh, that. And then I was just like waiting like, man, I want to say that one day. Oh. Like, <laughs> Just go flying past the speed trap. Right. Man. Don't, get, don't worry. <laughs> they come to you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't know what made me think that. That's I'll like why I was hell. like thinking about being pulled over and like scenarios in my head because I'm like crazy, but that reminded me of it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Did you ever see Preacher? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't ever finish it though. I watched <gasps> up to like because it started to get like kind of like weird. Kind of weird. <laughs> the whole fucking thing is yeah. weird. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Yeah. It starts to get really fucking weird. Yeah, it's like really off. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's yeah. like a scene where, because the vamp, there's, well, there's a vampire, but like, they're just torturing him basically, and he can regenerate really fast, so they like keep giving him these fresh circumcisions like over and over oh my and God. over again. Dude, it's, it's a oh. great scene. <laughs> Yikes. I got goosebumps. Oh, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> over that? Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's fucked. Uh, hmm. Well, my sleeping yeah. pills are kicking in. Yeah, so. I know. I feel like you're looking at me like this. I know. Like, I'm trying <laughs> to like stay awake. It's like that day you're telling me your story and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were like, what if I just laid down here I know. while we recorded? That was a bad idea. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. And then I kept looking over. I was like, oh, she's out. Like, she's She's gone. <laughs> That was a long day. It, yeah. I was trying to remember the name of that place, too, that we went. I couldn't remember, like, the, the name, name of that place? little farm and all that. <gasps> Fuck, what was that little farm called? I don't remember, because I wanted to go there. I, I mean, I don't know if you can, but I remember there was, like, a restaurant in that weird little house, and I wanted to go to it, oh, or, like, shit. a cafe or something. Like, Was it in Manitou? Yeah, it was, but it was, okay. like, I know it was... I, I felt like, like it was something with like the name Red Rock, but oh my god, I was gonna say the name Red. So really? Red is there. Okay. Like Red Roof or I yeah, it's no, it like something Red. I know it has the word Red in it. Okay, Red. No, not Red Rock. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. dude, we will find. All it. right. Because I was even trying to look at the like science calendar from like whenever <gasps> the yeah. fuck, but I couldn't find it on there, so I don't know. Dude, I'm so pissed. Like, this last set of stuff that they did, I just, I could not, I did not go to a single thing yeah. out of it. Because they had, like, their big carnival day, and I worked that day. And I think Robbie was actually, like, in Denver that day. And all the classes were just, like, early morning. And it's yeah. like, man, I fucking work. Yeah, it sucks. And then I think last time, too, a lot of stuff happened on Saturday, and I work oh, on Saturdays. So. That sucks. What days? Yeah. Are, what are you off? What days? Typically Sundays and Thursdays. Oh, okay. I've really like having my Thursdays off, man. Yeah. I've actually been wanting to have Thursday off, like <gasps> that same schedule, like Sunday and Thursday. Dude, it's a nice little break. I yeah. I like it. Because I like having the two days off in a row, but then I feel like it's also nice to just have like a break in the middle of the yes. week. Like, uh, to know everybody else is like slaving away and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So. <sighs> Anything else? I don't Any think other so. news? Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> Well, good night, okay. good morning, good afternoon, and <laughs> eat your Kellogg's. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.